The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. Great to be here, Red. Excited to talk about some more dynasty rankings. I know we can't have enough of them, so I'm, I'm glad to be talking a little bit more about uh, some outside perspective dynasty rankings that we have here. Yeah, the whole point of these dynasty rankings is to talk about them and to take from them what you personally believe. And so that's why we are excited to be joined by Zach Hanshue, a contributor writer over at Fantasy Pros, found on Twitter at Zach the Monster. Zach, how are you doing today? And are you ready to talk about some dynasty rankings? I'm doing great, brother. And uh, I'm always ready to talk dynasty. Let's do it. All right. Awesome. First things first, though, we did have a couple pieces of news prior to recording this podcast. Ben Simmons practiced today with the 76ers, which is kind of a big deal. Unsurprisingly, he did not have media availability because that would have been torture for him, I'm assuming. Nobody answered questions about him specifically. Tobias Harris asked why nobody asked about him at practice today. And then somebody did. And then he told him to ask somebody else. So <laughs> gotta, gotta love Toby. But also... McCall Bridges signed a big old extension, four years, 90 million, which is exactly what I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back too much. That's what I said he was going to get, which just makes sense because that's the market. But thoughts on either of those, Travis, uh, either Simmons coming back to practice or the McCall Bridges extension. Uh, first thing, McCall Bridges extension, I can fact check that you did call that indeed four for 90 on the nose. So, I did. Yes. Well done there. It's good to see Ben just back. I, I know he's a player that a lot of us like to watch play. He's just super gifted. So hopefully the whole the whole saga is not behind us. There's still going to be more drama to play out, but at least he's back and hopefully he can start playing some basketball again. The Bridges extension, I think it's fantastic for both Bridges and the team. Uh, he, he definitely deserves that for what he offers to that team, and they can't afford to lose him. Um, they, I mean, obviously they, they made the finals last year, so he he's a big part of that, and he's going to be a big part of that team moving forward. So great sign for... Bridges and great sign for the Suns. They also can't really afford to lose DeAndre Ayton, but that isn't stopping them from playing somewhat of hardball in this extension game. And so we're counting down the hours till that deadline is closed. So it'll be interesting to see what gets done on that front. Zach, do you have any thoughts on Simmons or McCall Bridges? Yeah, man. I think for Simmons, if you drafted already and you're getting this news, I think you've got to be very happy probably with where you were able to take him in a dynasty or redraft. Uh, and I think for uh, the Suns, man, I, I totally in agreement with you. I think if they screw this up with Aiton, uh, they're going to close their championship window for sure. I mean, this is this is the group that went last year. So you need to keep everybody happy. Without a doubt. And McCall Bridges, this doesn't change his dynasty value that much because he was going to have the same role, whether it was extended in Phoenix, whether it was literally whatever team he went to, which is a good thing. He has that job security because he is one of the best three and D wings in the league. It will be interesting to see what they ask him to do outside of that, whether it be some more on ball stuff or just see how he develops his game. Really excited to see that happening. All right, let's talk about our rankings because the reason why I asked you to come on was because I clicked on your rankings the second that you posted them, and I didn't even have to scroll down to know I wanted to talk about it because you have Michael Porter Jr. 10th 
overall ahead of my guy, Bam Adebayo. And I just got to like, we have him 26th, which seems it might be a little bit lower actually than what a lot of people would guess. But why do you have MPJ 10 and, and what's your justification for having him ahead of a guy like Bam Adebayo? So, man, I think I think the ceiling is extremely high with MPJ. I mean, that's not that's not groundbreaking or anything, but I, I just look at from year one to year two, uh, he just took such a major leap. Obviously, the minutes increased, uh, but as the minutes increased and his shooting opportunities increased, the efficiency actually went up. The three-point game is elite uh, for a guy uh, that he averaged 19 and seven last year, kind of in an inconsistent role. Uh, I mean, there was nights where he was really on. There was nights where he was kind of off. It's a loaded team, but he really seemed to stick in as that second, you know, that second option, especially with Jamal Murray hurt right now. Obviously that won't be uh, the case forever, but I really think his ceiling is just huge, man. Uh, He can improve, uh, a little bit with the assists. I think if he takes a step forward, getting teammates involved, uh, moving those assist numbers up just a little bit, uh, I really think he could be a huge value. Uh, And for a guy that gives you so much, I mean, like I said, he gives you the threes, he gives you points, rebounds. Uh, He's not bad with uh, blocks or steals. He's not elite in either of those categories, obviously. Uh, And he's a decent free throw shooter. That's something that he can continue to improve on and a low turnover guy as well for somebody that, uh, you know, was taking 13 shots a season ago. Uh, So I really think the upside is just huge for him. And he's only 23 years old right now. So I I think there's a ton of room to grow. And that's, that's why I put him at number 10. Absolutely agree with all that. MPJ is is one of my favorite players to watch just because he's a dude that just looks like he knows what he's doing out there and he can just get buckets from anywhere on the court. And I love that about him. The only concern I have with him a little bit is just on the stocks. And I do think he can get better on the defensive end and he probably will get better on the defensive end. He's only 23. Uh, as well as the the injury history in the past, I don't like to make previous injury history I don't like to make that too much a part of moving forward, but with him, it is a little bit different with the surgery that he had points league. I absolutely, he's going to kill it in points league. So you got to have him higher than what we would have him. If if you're playing in a points league. Uh, but like I said, my only concern with him is maybe on the defensive end, uh, but we'll see how he improves on that this year. I'm really excited to watch him this season as the number two option on that team. It also will be interesting because his fantasy game is not very well-rounded. He doesn't have the assists out there that would boost him even if he does get the stocks up he doesn't have quite the assists I'm not sure to get him up into that top that first round discussion but if he does end up scoring like 25 points a game eight boards on insane efficiency with over like three threes one steal one block and then he has like 2.5 assists that's a really freaking good basketball player so that is somebody that would absolutely deserve to be inside of the top 20 in dynasty rankings so couple other guys, Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox. You have Booker 31, you have Fox 33. Travis and I have them 14 and 18. So, Ooh. is yeah, they're very high. Is this just that their games are not that fantasy friendly? We just project that they're just incredible players that you build around. But are you just taking the um, the limitations in their fantasy game into account? Yeah, I think that's definitely the way I feel about Booker. Um, Obviously, the stocks are going to be something that you're concerned about. He's not an amazing rebounder for a guy in his position. The turnovers are kind of high. And, 
you know, we saw what happened last year when he had a really, you know, true point guard on the team in Chris Paul. And when those assists plummeted, so did his fantasy value. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm taking into account here. Uh, he's decent with threes, but he's, again, not one of those upper tier guys when it comes to that category either. So that's kind of what I'm taking into consideration there. Yeah, those assists are absolutely a killer for him last year and in the, the main reason why he did tumble down those rankings. Uh, the reason we had him high, and I know we did update our rankings. They're not out yet. Uh, we, I believe me and Rhett both dropped him a little bit with that um, CP3 four-year extension that he got. Uh, but the main reason that we have him as high as he is 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 the the future outlook of him not playing with Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul, we love him, but he's not going to be able to play forever. So hopefully Booker can start to take more of that lead guard role. Um, and who knows, uh, CP3 is getting up there in age. He may have to sit a little bit more. He's, he's maybe a little bit more prone to injury, what have you. Uh, but Booker's just got a really well, well-rounded game. And hopefully he can get back to being more of that lead guard uh, once he starts hitting those prime years. And then moving on, De'Aaron Fox, this guy had a pretty massive jump last year that kind of caught me by surprise. And I figured at some point it was just going to tail off, but Nope. He just kept scoring like 26 points a game, almost eight assists. Like he was just putting up some ridiculous numbers, but it was also ridiculous how inefficient he was from the line. And while he did improve his threes, he's still below average in that mark. So is that kind of why you have him more towards the back end of the third round rather than being towards the front end of the second like we do? Absolutely, man. Uh, It it really concerns me when you have a guard that is just so bad from the free throw line. Uh, He's not elite you know, with the field goal percentage either. And as you mentioned, the threes, the turnovers, uh, and I, you know, maybe I'm overvaluing this a little bit too much, but you got Hallie, you got Buddy Heald, you got Davion Mitchell on that team. Now that's a crowded backcourt. Obviously it's still his, uh, you know, but at what point do those guys start eating into his numbers a little bit again, to go along with the deficiencies that we just mentioned. So I think all of that kind of rolled into one is what kind of has me a little bit concerned. Yeah, definitely understandable there with as far as the efficiency side of things goes. I look at a player like Fox who has just improved every season. Uh, He's starting to hit more threes as well. His points are going up. Um, He's an elite assist steals guy. And those are just the type of guys that I personally like to take early are those guys that are elite assist steals. And with Fox, you're getting plenty of minutes, plenty of points and a guy that's still Seems like he's still improving, and he's just a really joy to watch as well, um, which always you have to take into account when drafting players. Exactly. That's what I always say. Just take the guy you <laughs> want to root for, and De'Aaron Fox, or you want to watch too, and De'Aaron Fox is a guy that you want to watch. So another guy who has some deficiencies from three-point line and from the free-throw line is Ben Simmons, a little bit more extreme in that regard, and currently is not playing for the team that he is rostered on, or is not slated to play for them, I should say. So you have Simmons 41. Travis and I, I think, are the most aggressive dynasty rankings out there when it comes to Ben Simmons because we have him 25. And the reason for that, I built this a little bit like a 12-team draft. We kind of looked at our rankings like a 12-team draft. And if you take Luca 1 and Simmons is there on the turn at 24-25, that is a draft pick that you are making. In a 30-team league, I don't know how comfortable I would be having Ben Simmons as my best player. So it's kind of it kind of depends how you look at the rankings and what you had in mind when you built them. 
with you with him at 41 is it just about the deficiencies does this have anything to do with his trade situation being up in the air or what yeah I think the deficiencies are definitely something that I kept in mind um I mean as you mentioned he's going to be a guy that a lot of fantasy managers are just going to have to jump at in a dynasty league but I you know, again, this comes back to a guy that is horrible from the free throw line, uh, doesn't shoot threes, a uh, lot of turnovers. Uh, and you just wonder, you know, what is his situation going to be moving forward? Obviously, he's practicing with the team. Uh, obviously, they're probably going to trade him or he just, you know, at some point he's not going to be on the Sixers anymore. He's not going to finish his career with them, I don't think. Um, so that's what I'm taking in mind here. And it's not necessarily a knock on him. It's just, I'm looking at the guys that I put ahead of him. And there are guys that, you know, that I would much rather have on my team right now than Ben Simmons. So it's not, and I think that's kind of how I built the rankings out is if I was drafting right now, and it sounds like that's kind of how you guys did it too, is it's not so much a knock on Simmons as much as just guys that I prefer over him right now, based on the skill set, the availability, the age, and you know everything taken into consideration. Yeah, I totally agree. And Rhett hit it on the head. The the point that I was going to mention with where where we had him is it's kind of built specific with him. If if you you know if you have Giannis, if you have uh, Luca, or, or you know any of those players where you're going to end up maybe punting anyway, he's going to go way up in your rankings. Or if you take somebody you know, like Tatum or something like that, he's going to go way down in your ranking. So it's hard to find that middle ground with him for sure. He's just such a build specific player that you could have him anywhere from 20 to 40. And it, it's like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see it both ways. Another guy who it's funny because Zach was actually in the 12 team mock draft that we have been talking about and that I wrote about. And so a couple of the rankings for him now make sense because a couple of the picks that I was criticizing or, or thought found interesting or him. And so we're going to skip over to Colin Sexton at 51. Travis and I have him at 75. And I believe I actually dropped him down a little bit more than that, moving a couple rookies around and a couple other moves. And then you have Kevin Porter Jr. 57th while Travis and I have him closer to 100. Talk about both of those guys and what your what your fantasy projection for them are, because Travis and I look at them as guys who just aren't very fantasy friendly players. Yeah, so Kevin Porter Jr., uh, again, this is probably another preference thing. And obviously, this is uh, a guy that has a ton of deficiencies in his game as well. Uh, the shooting percentages are just dreadful. So uh, clearly, if you want to put him at 100, I have no beef with that at all because I get it. Um, the stocks are another thing. He's great with steals. Uh, we're understandable with the blocks for, you know, for a guy playing point guard. Uh, but I really think there's a lot of room to grow just because he's 21 years old. Uh, this, you know, this run in Houston at the end of the year was the first chance we got to see him in the NBA. Uh, I think that he can clean up the turnovers. Uh, maybe I'm being overly optimistic with that. Obviously, those are his busy, biggest deficiencies, the shooting percentages, the turnovers, the decision making. Uh, but he's just a guy that's going to get you. He can just explode with points. He can explode with assists three-pointers, um, and he can be really good with steals as well. Uh, so that's why I have him up so high. I think I'm just – I'm very optimistic about him. I love his game. I love watching him play. He's a guy that I rooted for when the Cavs uh, dropped him and he went to Houston. Um, 
or no, excuse me, that was a trade. Uh, so I rooted for it. Was basically a drop. I think it was like a top <laughs> okay. forty-five protected second. So okay. right. Um, so yeah, I rooted for him heavily when he went there when he was just tearing up the G League last year. So uh, that's a guy that I'm yeah I'm a bit more bullish on than probably most people do in these rankings. Uh, but that's why I have him where I do. So with Colin Sexton, um, he's another guy that, you know, obviously he's not going to really kill you too many places, uh, but I feel like his game is, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of more one-dimensional as far as just a score-first guard, uh, and I'm not necessarily a big fantasy fan of a score-first guard, which probably sounds counterintuitive when I'm talking about Kevin Porter Jr., uh, but Kevin Porter Jr. to me is a guy that can score but he really is a guy that's going to get teammates involved as well so I think Colin Sexton is more that score first guy and Darius Garland clearly is running the offense right now Uh, so that's that's kind of where my head is at right there I don't want a guy that is going to be completely reliant on scoring uh, to get me a ton of fantasy value because that scoring is not going to be you know he's not going to be scoring 25 points forever and Red, I know that's one thing we we talked about as well in ranking these guys is how do you evaluate your own ranks versus the that player's perception amongst your league? And it seems like both these guys, Sexton and KPJ, are pretty highly coveted and highly valued uh, amongst dynasty owners in, in both of our leagues. So um, it is tough to to find a ranking spot for those guys when maybe you don't think they should be where they're at, but you know how highly valued they are. And that almost causes you to have to move them up because of that. It would take an extremely unique set of circumstances for me to draft Colin Sexton at 75. I would never consider him at 51. He's just too one-dimensional. And he's such a usage-driven player in my eyes that I'm not sure is worth that much usage. Because last year, he was getting more usage than guys like Kawhi Leonard, Zion, and Anthony Davis. And he was playing 35 minutes a game. And he was still barely top 100 And that's just not a guy that I want to be having as one of my fourth, fifth, sixth best players. And then Kevin Porter Jr., I mean, that's another guy where, yes, he can put up some gaudy stat lines. But if a team eventually decides to be good, how good is that team going to be having him run that much of the show? So that's what, that's another thing that I'm just a little bit worried about. But I would definitely consider Kevin Porter Jr. around the 100 mark in a in a dynasty startup draft. But there's no chance it'll get to me at that point because people seem way higher on him than that than than what I am. So Lonzo Ball, you have him at 52, we have him at 32. We know we're really high on Lonzo, so we don't need to talk about him too much. But Kyle Anderson, slow mo, you have him 94th. Travis and I have him at 183 right now. I did bump him up, so our newest dynasty rankings will have him higher than 183 because he's he's just a good fantasy player. But in a dynasty startup, you'd really take slow-mo inside the top 100? I have no problem with it, man. Uh, I think once you're getting close to pick 100, it's fine to take a guy that's just going to give you steady contributions across the board. Uh, he's a, I mean, he's just such a boring player. Um, I mean, even the name slow-mo, nobody cares about. You get him on your fantasy team, he drops so far in redraft leagues every single season uh, because he doesn't do anything sexy for your fantasy team, uh, but he just slowly gives you those steady contributions. Uh, you know, he's for a, a guy that can play power forward. He's really good shooter. Um, he gives you some rebounds. He's good with the stocks. Uh, he's a, a pretty good passer. 
um, and low turnover guys. So I think that steady production uh, is something nice to take right there inside that top 100 for your dynasty team because you know that he's – and, again, this is what we just talked about with the scoring. If you can get a guy that gives you contributions across multiple categories, he's a great shooter, that gives you some security and some floor there for your dynasty team. And I think that's totally fine inside the top 100. I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody take him inside the top 100. Yeah. But uh, you're, you're right about his contributions, um, but he can definitely be had later than that in most uh, startup drafts. Uh, moving on. And I, I have to bring this up, Brett is just because I, I can't believe it. It hurts my heart. Pat will. It's basically one... a personal attack on Travis. <laughs> you didn't even know it, but it was. I <laughs> so you got Patrick Williams at 143. We have him at 84. I want to move him up, maybe even a little bit more than that. But you I want to move him inside the top fifty. I I'm going to have to keep him at hundred. To, to I'm not going to let my bed. bias. My bias won't affect my rankings. I can promise you that. Uh, but what it, what is it to you that that has us, you know, almost sixty spots different in that in his ranking? You know, man, I just don't know what uh, what's the upside here. I I mean, obviously he's twenty years old. Uh, obviously, you know, very high draft pick. Very. Uh, you know, high expectations for him. But what is the upside, especially you're playing on a team where he's not going to get a whole lot of usage, obviously. Uh, excuse me, how, you know, what's his scoring going to be? What's his rebounding going to be? Uh, is he going to get a lot of opportunities to get teammates involved? Uh, he doesn't shoot the three very often. Uh, shooting percentages are not outrageous. I, I mean, I just I fail to see what what the upside is with Patrick Williams. Obviously, the age, I think, is great for him. Uh, you know, a lot of years left. But, you know, with Dynasty, you, you do have to take into consideration a little bit, you know, and I think that's kind of the, the tough thing is finding win now versus, you know, win for many years in the future. Where's that middle ground? And for him, I just I'm not sure I see the upside for either. I, I mean, why are you so high on him? Do you want to go, Trav, or you want me to? <laughs> I'll let you go. Okay, so for me, Patrick Williams, part of it is the efficiency already because he shot 48% from the field last year. It was only seven shots a game, which isn't incredibly high volume. It, what He did only shoot 73% from the line, which isn't great either. But in 27 minutes a game, 28 minutes a game, Getting nine points, five boards, one and a half assists, 0.9 steals, and 0.6 blocks as a 19-year-old is something that I am trying to get in on the ground floor of, especially when he is he's an athletic freak that showed some skill. Like he's not a guy that's going to make his mark on the league because he's a freak athlete. That's going to be part of it, but it's also that he showed some skill. First off, in Florida State, he had the ball in his hands a little bit to close out their season, which was probably what threw him up some draft, such a high amount, up to four where the Bulls took him, and it ended up being a great pick there. So the low usage is a little bit of a concern in the short term because of how many mouths there are to feed. But I think that's going to force him to – he's going to be very efficient early, even more so than he is already, and that's going to force him to be a better defensive player because they can they need him to do that. And so – I don't know. I, I see like borderline McCall bridges level contributions for Patrick Williams in about three years, something like that. Maybe not quite the blocks, but I think, I think 0.8 blocks, 1.2 steals, something like that for Patrick Williams by the time he's 23 is absolutely in the cards. 
Yeah, you got to keep in mind he didn't play a whole lot even at Florida State, so he's still pretty raw as a basketball player. Uh, he's younger than most rookies coming out this year, uh, which is always a nice perk. And then he he does kind of have that nice floor of a, a really young player that's going to get almost 30 minutes. I mean, we think he's going to get above 30 minutes per game this year just because of his need on the defensive end for the Bulls. So that's always extremely useful when you take a player that early who you're banking on uh, improving and, and has a tremendous upside, but also giving you that floor with with minutes as well. So uh, a lot to like about him is just his physical profile too and, and just kind of the eye test for I know me and Rhett makes a big difference as well with where we rank him. Yeah, man, and I have uh, – I love both of your points. I think they're great points. Uh, it's just – I for me, I just don't see – again, I think he can be an excellent NBA player. I just wonder if he's going to turn into one of those guys that's better in real life than he is for fantasy based on that defensive – you know, defense first skill set. Which is very possible, and we know we're super aggressive on Pat Will, but we are conducting the hype train more than anybody else, and and I I would be doing so even if I weren't related to this Bulls fan right over here. So a guy that we have no team affiliation with whatsoever that we're also still in, incredibly high on is Devin Vassell. You have him 186. We have him 107. And we project him to be basically Robert Covington. So that's why we have him so high. It's going to be, it's going to be a long-term thing because he is on the Spurs. They're going to bring him along slow and it might not even be this year or next year that he breaks out, but he is a defensive beast that does some great things. Are you just skeptical at him at 186, just leaning more towards that win now and taking some, taking some different swings on different guys? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it just goes into, uh, yeah, part of it is win now. Part of it is guys that I would take over him. Uh, and part of it is, uh, you know, there's still, I know the Spurs are developing. The Spurs are rebuilding. Uh, you know, you just wonder what his role on that team is going to be. I, I love the Robert Covington comparison. I think that's, I mean, that's a very lofty expectation. Oh, yeah, that's that's a huge goal, but yeah, he's got I mean, the profile for it. Right. Uh, but I think that's a really cool comparison and it would be awesome to see him develop into a guy like that. Uh, Cause you mentioned, man, the, the stocks are going to be something that you really want to look at. He didn't play very much last year, but he was still you know, excellent on the defensive end. I'm just a little skeptical of what his role is going to be uh, and what he's going to be able to do moving forward. Yeah, that's all fair. Definitely. And, and again, a guy that most of his value is coming on that defensive end. Uh, so you never know how they're going to, improve on the offensive end uh, a couple more guys before we, we wrap up uh, number one briefly just got to mention I, I I know it maybe more so of like a joke from what from when I was going through your rankings it might have been more just like a joke just overall but having Kyrie at 200 do you want to talk a little bit more on that yeah maybe it is a little comical uh, obviously but I, I kept going looking through my rankings and just saying where in the hell would I take this guy and I don't know that I would take him at all. I don't know that he's worth even taking a swing on. Uh, and maybe that's crazy in my mind, but I, I just don't see why I would want to have him on a team that is, uh, you know, a, made up of guys that I'm going to be keeping every single year and trying to win now and in the long term. Uh, because we don't know from year to year who he's going to play with. 
Uh, he he basically closed the championship window for Cleveland. He did it for Boston. He's about to do it for Brooklyn, probably, uh, with this whole uh, sitting out with the vaccine thing. So uh, I'm not sure that he plays this year. I'm not sure if he, you know, Brooklyn tries to move him and he retires. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have no idea what his situation is going to be. And, uh, yeah, I, I just want no part of him in a dynasty league. So maybe a little comical, maybe way back you know, farther back than I should, but uh, I don't want any part of them. I think 200 is where I'm going to leave them. That's perfectly fine. And that's, that's one thing that Travis and I talk about a lot is not letting other people's rankings and other people's like evaluations of guys impact what we do. And that's why we have Poku at 120, despite him going in the seventies in some of these dynasty startups, because I don't want any part of Poku. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't. Uh, I mean, having him at 120 is generous for how I view that ceiling and that floor. And that's kind of Kyrie's kind of in the same boat, except that we've seen him be a top five per game player. And so I, I understand the idea of not wanting to have him on a win now and on a long-term team. But at a certain point, there is just a value to like, okay, if Kyrie's on the board at like 120, I'm going to end up taking Kyrie at 120 and because he could just decide he is such a unique individual, but if he just decides tomorrow to get the vaccine and then he's back up into the top 30, like he's right. that random to where I could see it. Just, he just wakes up one day and decides to go get the shot. And then, okay, all this is for nothing. Right. Yeah. Some, sometimes you got to ride the roller coaster and he's one. I agree. I, we dropped him a ton and he, I think he's probably our biggest drop in our upcoming when we the most important drop for sure refresh our rankings but yeah sometimes you got to take the chance and he's a guy that's i mean a huge question mark but the upside is worth it when you get to a certain point in the draft for sure hey different strokes for different folks and that's why again i was so excited to have you on here to talk about these rankings because it's just great to have different perspectives and that's that's why we love this game and the the long-term aspect of it because We'll get to see who's right. You know, that's why we're keeping track of every every update that we do, trying to see how, where we grow some players, where some people fall and whether or not we end up being right in the long run. So, Zach, thank you very much for coming on and talking about your dynasty rankings. We really appreciate it. Where can people find you and what do you have coming out that people need to be aware of? Yeah, appreciate you having me, man. This was great talking with you guys. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Zach the Monster. Uh, I'm doing work for this season. I'll be doing work for Fantasy Pros, uh, Owner's Box, and um, Fantasy Labs. So I'll be doing some DFS stuff for Fantasy Labs uh, and for Owner's Box. I'll be doing some season-long stuff for Fantasy Pros. I'll be doing a trade value chart for uh, redraft and then also a uh, monthly one for dynasty. So uh, all that stuff coming this year. Awesome. Really looking forward to checking out all of that stuff. Be sure to go follow Zach, follow us on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer and at Travis underscore Fuller 92, as well as the podcast itself at punt intended pod. Also be sure to check out our dynasty rankings when they are updated, they will be finalized in the next couple days. There will be a post about it probably on Twitter. And I'm sure I'll be telling everybody that asks about it. Some pretty big changes, some some important guys moving up and down, so be sure to check those out. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will catch you again next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.